Hey, everybody, it's John. And thanks to everybody who helps us out every week by going to patreon.com slash steal this beer and throwing a couple of bucks away so that we can mail beers to our guests and have some fun conversations resulting from that. So uh, if you're not already, go check it out. It's patreon.com slash steal this beer. Uh, as Cass says, a little bit goes a long way and we appreciate the support. Now, here come the sirens. Steal This Beer, a candid weekly discussion about beer, over beer, by a couple of guys that think about beer way too much. Hey y'all, it's 5 o'clock on Monday and we are stealing beer. I'm Augie Carton. There is a tropical breeze. Oh, it's such a lovely there is, tropical there, breeze. There are palm trees. There are black glasses in front of us. It's, no, there's uh, black plastic cups in front of us. That's uh, sure. See, y- you're immediately taking me out. I'm trying, John, I'm trying I to have fun. I into your I'm trying gorgeous to. golden reflective Ray-Bans, Maui Jims, from across the table in Miami in, I guess, a year. It's been, it's been a long time. If, oh, uh, if it's hot and humid in February, we must be at Wakefest. Oh. Yep. So yep. we got to we got into Miami three hours ago, two hours ago. Got yeah. off a plane, said I'll meet you on the roof deck to record, and you immediately unbuttoned your shirt, switched to linen, got shorts on, and oh, yeah. now, now you look like you're by a pool. Oh yeah. Well, you look beautiful. I missed nice. your face. Apparently, the pool is very expensive here. It's on the roof. Wait, you so pay for the pool? I don't know if you pay. Well, well the drinks the, at the, the pool. accoutrement yeah. around the yeah. That's just the way the world works. That's the amateur. Anyway, allow me to introduce our accomplice du jour. So for those of you who listen to the show, you figured it out. We're at our annual Wake Fest. John and I sit down together for the first time in a long time. And John has arranged a a pretty good group of guests to knock out in the first days. But we're starting off super duper strong with Troy Casey. Of, and help me with the words so I put them in the right order. It's Casey Brewing Blending Bottling? Casey Brewing and Blending. Just Casey Brewing and Blending. You could have right on a shirt. Oh, shit, it is. Yeah. But it's curved weirdly. So from here it says AC and then Ingblend. Ingblend, yeah. <laughs> there we go. That's the next iteration of what you're doing. So Whatever right before is. we yeah. started, I said to you, are you the guy I watched make a speech at the Craft Brewers Conference? And we narrowed it down to 2012 San Diego, but might have been 2010. No, it was definitely about Sours. And that was you then... As the guy somehow running the most, what seemed to me the most preposterous, devious thing in the world. You were somehow, and I'll let you explain the whole situation, but I just remember what I took out of this lecture was there's a guy in the basement of Coors making good sour beers with 7 million pounds of peaches. That's what I remember <laughs> the discussion being. So do, talk about your roots before you go off on Casey. And then I'll obviously Have you told this story before, by the way? It's been a long time. Okay. It's, it's been a while. But yeah. I, lo- I just loved it. I was, all I remember, I through the whole thing, and you know, we were talking back then, can you, well, this will be fun because... You look way too young to have been the guy that made that speech back then, but back then it was like, so you know, it was the discussion. Well, he was of, twelve then. Of That's whole fruit, yeah. have fruit, pureed fruit. You know what I mean? Rotting fruit from your like. This was what I remember the speech being, and I remember taking a bunch of that information. But mostly, I remember there's somebody at Coors making sours I liked, and there's that's fucking weird to me. So. So just give that little bit of anecdote. For sure. But you know what's funny? I was, I was just at a brewery this morning. We were working on the collaboration, and there was a 22-year-old kid running the uh, can line. And 
great kid, really nice. And I realized that when that kid was three, I had my first brewing job. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you say, so I've, 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 I've uh, yeah, right, anyway, grandpa. It's, it's, yeah. it's funny. That, uh, yeah. But seriously, at the time you were running an R&D program at Coors and right now you look mid thirties. Thank you. That's cause I shaved my beard, but I really appreciate that. <laughs> but, uh, the, um, I'm late thirties, very late thirties. Uh, and, uh, so yeah, so when I was 64 days, <laughs> when I was, when I was 24, I graduated from UC Davis. So okay. I had worked at, um, uh, Anheuser-Busch when I was at UC Davis. And then I was fortunate enough to get a position, uh, as a pilot brewer at Coors two weeks before it became Miller Coors. And so, um, I was a pilot brewer. They kind of just threw me in there because it was just before the joint venture and they didn't, uh, there was, gonna, they were going to be on a hiring freeze and it just stuck and it, it really worked out. Um, that's where my passion became was in, um, doing R and D brewing and creating recipes. And so I was a part of a great team when I was there. And in like 2009, I, uh, before I had left Davis in Northern California, I had, uh, t- uh I had heard about Russian river brewing company and, um, how special the sour beers they were making were and it's fine just talk over it it's not it's not showing up it's fine oh, there's planes overhead Tim Hitchings hears it anyway go and, on uh, and so <laughs> I had bought some bottles of like really old Russian River like what, what are now really old Russian River uh, um, sours and I bought them for friends of mine in the front range in, in Colorado in the front range that I knew would be appreciative of these people that I used to work for that were making sour beers um, and mm. that, uh, that I, that had helped me along in my career so far. So I bought those, some of those bottles for them. Anyway, I tried my first bottle of Cantillon in 2008, 2009 and just fell in love. And the, you know, like so many of us have. So if you, so it's true. I keep calling it R and D brewing, but what you were calling a pilot brewing, is that what they call it? So that's fine. They're interchangeable. I just don't want to fuck up the term. Yeah, yeah, are, yeah, are they interchangeable in your mind? Yeah, I would say so. Okay. Yeah. yeah R and D pilot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But so, for the fact so check. here's the thing again. We're we're actually glass one's poured and we're drinking a really proper, oh, gentlemanly, God. dignified, great start of the day, almost prosecco mimosa level acidity sour that I'm really enjoying. But those are the beers I've always liked. Like you know, I put out a beer a week. We put out a creek yesterday. It's nice. the favorite thing I remember doing since the last mixed wild ferment we did. Awesome. That being said, I remember being floored by that beer and. Mostly the cognitive dissonance of it coming out of anything related with course. How much of that work were you allowed, encouraged, whatever, to do those kinds of projects on? And how much of it was, no, we need to compete with Bud Light Lime. What do you got for us? You know what I mean? What was the mix of that role? Yeah. So the, uh, I mean, my that was the, like the, that high level. You know, let's let's figure out how to create the next blue moon. Like. Um, or maybe not that, because that, that's really what we were tasked with, was trying to figure I'm out what... I'm just going to interrupt you for a second, because yeah. I can't remember. Is Blue Moon Miller or Coors? It was Coors. It, it was, was, yeah, so it they was were yours. So yeah, it was Coors. the next Blue Moon was an in-house thing, not a yeah. competition thing. Yep. Okay. And so at the time, in like 2000, that would have been 2008, when I started, Blue Moon was doing really good. That was developed by Coors. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like bought by, by the big brewery and just kind of incubated. It was... Um, it was it was created and grown internally, and so they were trying to figure out how to do that again, as opposed to just buying a brewery, which obviously that that's happened a lot since then. But the goal was how do we do that again with a t- totally different brand? So our role was to how do we start something small and grow it up? And so um, this is a lot of a backstory to how do we get to sours, but I, I'll, I right. promise no, I'll, no, I'll, I, I'll get you there. I'll bring I'm you loving there. The, I, this is always the insight though, right? Because yeah. it's such a different world for me. 
Right? Like, because I live in the shadow. We took off this morning in the shadow of AB Bud Light Newark. Newark. Yeah. And when I see their tanks, I'm just. It's my brain just shuts off. It's crazy. Like I, yeah. so I mean, they have tanks that are the size of your building. That's what like I'm saying. But anytime yeah. I meet somebody that's got both sides, like Mitch or any of those guys who went from one to the other, yeah. and it, 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 any associate, like I just can't think in that scale. I just. But don't what's have crazy, it. and maybe we can talk about this later, yeah. is that they go through the same problems that small breweries go for. <laughs> like it's it's have anything that's happening to us right now has happened to them. Maybe if not decades ago like generations ago right like, so it's pretty crazy <laughs> it's fun to think about it from that standpoint but anyway so we were starting we were trying to make we we uh, came up with uh colorado native so we came up with a really cool recipe for colorado native which was basically a mixture of fat tire and sierra nevada pale ale so it was it was fat like tire then yeah fat tire then yeah with uh, oh boy we had the with, new one so it was a hoppy fat we had tire. the new one it showed up on the show just like this yeah and so <laughs> did not it, knock my socks off. <laughs> so we came up with that which was which was really well which to me it's still that's a great beer still and they still do really well with it and so we were trying to grow that brand and just like any of our existing brewer like any of us we're trying when we have a flagship we're trying to do anything we can to develop hype around the flagship and so at the time, we had this little side project inside the brewery called the Hidden Barrel Brewing Project or Hidden Barrel Brewing Company. Like, that's what we called it because literally they were hidden barrels uh, inside the brewery that our boss, who at the, uh, initially at the time was out of Milwaukee, so he didn't know we were doing it. And so uh, one time drunkenly at GABF, we were like, hey, we should make sour beers. And he was like, yeah, okay, sure. And <laughs> the next day you had one the ready next day, for him. My, my, coworker, <laughs> my coworker who was there who is, was like who had worked he'd been working at Coors longer than I'd been alive and he um, uh, he he uh, you know he he could seemingly do no wrong um, and an amazing person like there's I don't have anything to say but he was always like you you know it's easier to ask forgiveness than permission yeah and he's like let's just do it and I was like all right and so we did it we <laughs> we figured out a brew we got some yeast from a local brewing company uh, <laughs> local yeast supplier uh, and I'll re- I'll never forget driving the barrels across the brew house floor for the first time late in the one evening, with, like a, literally above the brew house of Coors in Golden. Uh, at one point in time, the largest brewery in the world, and just shaking, like <laughs> thinking this is the dumbest thing I could ever do. I'm driving home at the time. My dad still worked there, oh, and wow. so like there's a uh, you know I've I've gone to uh, hockey games with the Coors family before. Like that's how fortunate I've been, and so. I'm driving home and I'm still shaking. Like this is the stupidest thing I could ever do. Why are you doing this? <laughs> anyway, so we we did this. It turned out they turned out pretty good. Our boss changed to a local uh, a local manager who knew what we were doing and knew that they were what they were being well received and they tasted good. And so we put some traction behind trying to brand and market them so that we could use that to elevate uh, Colorado Native, which was being brewed under the AC Golden Brewing Company, which yeah. it still is. And so we were using that to try to elevate that brand. Sorry, that's... Uh, no, that's... Right. I, love that's that. yeah. I love that. But um, I still have some of those bottles in my cellar right now. I don't know so how they're... I, first of all, I really want their... I hope there is, but the, the Hidden Barrel Brewing Company t-shirt. Somebody must have drunk and made one at some point, right? I don't know. I, don't I, know. Want, it fr- I want it from the real, like, You want to hear a funny story? Days. I don't know if yeah, I've ever told this story, John. You, you give me shit about this. One day, we're... So in, uh, in Coors... We're, uh, Everybody knows you in the, like, in the, like yeah. the sixth floor of uh, the Golden Brewery. There's um, an employee bar, and it's a really there's a there's two. There's a new one that came around 2009, maybe 2010, but there's an older one, much more intimate, which is where you know the greats uh, of that company used to hang out and drink, and people still did. And so we were serving beer there, and I'll, I'll give you two stories. One is about Pete Coors Jr., Peter Coors. Uh, I was t- I was testing a plum sour beer one day. 
and I was pouring it and it was coming out pink, right? And he goes, he walks in one day and he goes, you know, beer's not supposed to be pink. <laughs> and I, what are you supposed to say to Peter Peter Coors? And so I just kind of smiled. And and then after he left, I came up with a lot of really funny things to say, you know, in return. Yeah. But I would never Saved say it. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> anyway, one day we're we're up there drinking. Um, we're d- we're doing the sours, and Pete Coors, the Pete Coors, comes Coors. in with a piece of paper from the TTB that is basically saying that Coors is is being fined for having illegal. Alcohol, like unreported alcohol, on the premise, like on the like on the books. <laughs> He's got this whole paper. <laughs> it's it looks like my I shit myself. Of like course, I, <laughs> it was nuts. The stock plummets every step he takes yeah. with that. Were you reason. able to go to your desk to clear stuff out? <laughs> no. or is that I was I was. Just, <laughs> they have people that box for you at that situation. Yeah. Myself. That's and amazing. Every, nobody knew. Nobody else knew except for the manager or president of AC Golden at the time. Well, somebody knew because somebody. Yeah, so he did. So Nip, Nip, his Glenn Nip and great man and so those two are in on it so he comes in all of us are shitting ourselves and then he starts smiling and oh my god i was never <laughs> been, like i saw my career that's fl- what, yeah. flash before my that's eyes what it was, so they were teasing you yeah, it wasn't teasing, it wasn't yeah, real nothing, yeah nothing. that's that's no, awesome everything's that's, on the book that's yeah, phenomenal. everything's legit yeah. we, we weren't doing anything wrong it was There's just not funny. a gram of malt in that place that yeah, isn't accounted for no matter yeah, what you think you're yeah. doing but it was just <laughs> hilarious because they made it seem like we were doing something wrong and I i'll never it. forget that that's i was good. so scared that's a fun that's probably where of some of my current anxiety comes from is that, yeah. <laughs> so thanks pete I'll send i was you gonna my say there's bill. no way the ttb looks at cores they're busy proving my adjuncts no they absolutely <laughs> look at it <laughs> i was gonna wanna, say the ttb yeah, makes their that's where they make all their fun money is yeah that's the, like yeah, that's I'm where sure. you can you know like a, fr- a fraction of a percentage off is like significant yeah. As opposed to my quarterly $300 checks. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> All right. So what brings us together on Steal This Beer is a candid conversation of brewing uh, what the beer is, not what we were told it would be, how it tastes, not how hard it was to get. And the best part is when we travel these days, we do it with people like Troy in real life. So here we are doing exactly that. We are drinking out of obscured black glasses from bottles that were, po- well, a bottle that was poured for us and a can, both in the Sock Monkeys. The Sock Monkeys are back thieves. They are. They made and the trip. And so, it's yeah. go ahead. It's, it's lovely, lovely, right? It's, it's lovely. Exactly this like. is. You mentioned Cantillon earlier, and as you were saying that, I was picturing being in Belgium proper at a nice cafe, getting a pour of something out of a bottle that people were just sit around enjoying, not necessarily dissecting, but that was just blending See, into like we're in the fun afternoon. Okay. I don't know what it is about this thing. <clears throat> okay. And it might be that I haven't actually drank with humans in a long time. But it feels super, super, super like Petit Prince, gentle and well-behaved and dignified. And, and I can be wrong. Oh, right? If I stand Texas up off this thing about. and okay. hit my nose on this concrete deck, I'll be sorry. But this feels just perfectly clean. There's a great little... The green strawberry thing I always talk about. The green about. strawberry, I, I was going So with I like, can't remember what fruit we decided that was when we were getting a lot of these, but there's some I always thought it was like apricot. When Brett and gets like a hold that, of it, it might be it's apricot. It's that white stone fruit yeah. kind of thing with that nice light acidity. But when it gets but, a hold yeah. of it, it just dries it out to a point where it reminds me of a tart little unripe strawberry. And I've definitely got that. So I'm guessing it's... I'm guessing it's probably bigger than Le Petit Prince, but it's that lovely kind of perfect ferment where the acidity motivates it but isn't owning it. Yeah. And just the right amount of... That's the thing. Right? It's, it's so many tomato of these... Tomato leaf. You know when I get all douchey, smell it. Like there's tomato, tomato leaf, leaf in there. Um, I'm not going that far with it. Why but not? Yeah. 
because yeah, have you never done an olive oil tasting? There's tomato leaf in that. Um, do you know how many tomatoes I grow? Next time, pull a the lot. leaf off, put it between your hands, smack the leaf and smell it. And you'll be like, Jesus Christ, this smells like olive oil and that beer I shared with Augie. Fair. You got it? Sure. No. <laughs> no. It, yeah. chance, no, I think you're, I think you're. Nobody gets that. I think you're. I, get, I do get the, I get the, like the earthy, uh, you know, like very pleasant vegetal aspect yeah, of it for sure. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and where I want it to be, and like I said, if it's not going to brutalize me, if this is sub six, I can't imagine. Like, I would drink this till the sun sets. Yeah. The sun never really sets in Miami, does it? I think you're. Th- I think one thing that's really important to consider with this beer is that it's uh, not only why it's drinkable, because this could be 8%, it could be 9% if it's well done. Yeah, I hope not. But the acidity yeah. is drinkable. Yeah. That's, right. what, that's no, what makes it, it Too many drinkable. of the ones that are coming out these days, and we've talked about this on the show, are they have... That, that that teeth stripping acidity is to that them. That's still happening. I well, it's the move. I think it's the move to quick sours and lactic. Really? Where? Yeah. So so when I when I approach those beers, we can talk philosophically. When I approach a you know, pitch lacto, get it down quick, pitch a sack behind it, dry it out. I always put the fruit in first, and it's always a fruit I wish was a little more sour, like a blueberry or even a plum. Cool. You know what I mean? So if you let the beer handle the acidity and let the fruit be fresh, ripe fruit, you can take them to those couple blueberries I like in a pint that are sour, right? Um, but if you're selling those as sours and you're committing to that, I think people like layer sour fruits on sour ferments on whatever. And I think that's what makes John crazy because you end up with yeah. all those really sour, you know, kumquatty fruits in a sour you know, so who remember when Jeffers came on and said he had a different measurement than pH for how acidic a beer was? Remember, he gave us a whole lesson on this. Yeah. But he had he brought three or four <laughs> of his beers locked in it. Like, so this is what three point eight is. This is what three point six is. I, I, I'm always impressed when you remember these things because the after party with Jeffers sort of erased everything in my mind. But I, yeah. I mean, I'm only remembering that we had a conversation along these lines. Yeah. I'm not remembering a single fucking detail, including the measurement he was teaching me. But All right, <laughs> so you're drinking this here, I'm drinking this I'm here. Drinking, this, this is, is just... a mimosa to me. This is exactly that acidity. Get me some eggs, get me some, you know. Okay, okay millionaire. Goat cheese omelet. <laughs> <laughs> Walked right into aren't, it. Aren't eggs? Yeah, sorry. Sure did. Uh, go get, sure go did. get me. Yeah. Yeah. Sure did. My, my parents were over last weekend, and they were like, I was like, do you guys want eggs? Like one or two? And my parents were like, two. And I was like, nope. You can have one. <laughs> Not for you. <laughs> so at times when I've cooked, one of the jokes I like to make was I would put caviar onto an omelet and call it the two-egg om- omelet for two. Six eggs in the omelet, but six plus some caviar. And the joke I made with a friend the other day was that I think the caviar is currently cheaper than the chicken eggs. I think the ridiculous there, because caviar has gotten cheaper as everybody's making it. You know, I mean, there's places in Colorado yeah, yeah. with sturgeon now. I was like, I think if I made that dish from 1996 today, the chicken eggs would be yeah. more dear. Yeah. Do you have chickens? <laughs> No. Oh, okay. Because no. they're because not all farm brewers are farmers. I understand. I'm farmhousey, <laughs> just so we can all be on the same page. Yeah. No. It, it is funny though to see folks on social media being like, "Well, maybe it's time for me to start chickens." It's like, okay, 
Like, yeah. good, good, good luck. Hey, with sweetie, that. hold yeah. on one second. Remember your sourdough phase of lockdown? How well did that go? Right. I got into gardening. Really, like, really good. Like, during, during, but still, you don't know what like, a tomato leaf smells like. The meme, That's bizarre. The memes, yes, yeah. it does. The the memes, saw it. I saw it twinkle in his eye. He just says, like, you know, it. growing tomatoes is like the best way to like save a dollar or something like that, right? Yeah. And it's like not even true. <laughs> no. It's like growing tomatoes is the best way to spend way too much money on on anything. Like, you're, and then we've been listening to some stand up comedy, and it's like, I, I love to garden. I love to bring the, the, the vegetables I, that I plant, bring them inside, put them on my, on my counter, and just watch them die. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yeah, no, this is not a gardening podcast. That's no, it can, be. it can There's be. no rules yeah, there's, here. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Let's, so let's the, go into the that. The joke about the show, just to catch you up so you don't apologize for that behavior, that's perfect. The joke about the show was when John and I were both Jersey City-centric and we'd get together for beers and traveling brewers would come through and John was interviewing and we'd grab beers and he'd invite me because I always wanted to meet these people. A lot of them were my idols. And I'd be like, these are the mess. This is what we need to talk about. We don't really sit around talking about the, you know, how the pitch rate of something. Yeah. If I have that, yeah. I'll shoot you a fucking email on a yeah, Monday yeah. morning. Yeah. So tomato leaves are just as good a reason as anything else to get together and have a beer. Yes, but so are. let's get on to Casey Brewing. Wait, and really quick, though. Okay, we sorry. need to do the reveal. And oh, I'm sorry. You know what this is. Um, you've Did had this do beer what you before. Wanted it to I do? have not had this beer before. Okay. Yeah. So is it Did doing... It do what you wanted it to do? Yeah. Yeah. So this is from... Can I can, reve- yeah. I can do the reveal? Yeah, you can do the reveal. Yeah. This is from This is from yeah. Oddbreed. Oh. Who's Oddbreed? Should I know them? In you should know them. Uh, north of Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Oh, let's so they're from down here. Yeah. So let's get the uh, let's that's, get this uh, name that's of the Matt, city right. Matt Manthe. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Matt is a, wow, he's a so he's a hell of a brewer. Old man eyes can't read. I'll pass that to the forty yeah. year old. Mezcal uh, pump, uh, Pompano Pompano Beach. Pompano? Oh God, I just Pompano. 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 I, I apologize. Beach. Yeah. That's a so thing. My Florida yeah. Isn't that isn't that's that like where Bugs, I Dream a Genie live? That's like an old Bugs Bunny thing. No. Yeah. yeah. This is Mezcal no, Funk. That's Pismo Beach. Yeah. So I visited uh, with Matt yesterday. Is there We're fruit working in on a collaboration. Uh, no, this is th- with mezcal, so it's aged in, uh, I believe, two different types of mezcal barrels. Yeah. So, so no all fruit. That, all that green herbalness is just It's just barrel character. That's to my knowledge, yeah. Matt, Matt is making some of the best. Beer. That's a lovely fucking beer. Yeah. And the dignity is, yeah. like I said, I think both of us in one voice said lovely. So Yeah. No, he's. Good fucking on you. He's amazing labels. Yeah. Yeah, it's, green it's bottle. Uh, he's doing everything really right. Nice. Nice you know, does he pitch or is it? Does he have a cool show? Uh, he pitched. He's done some spontaneous, but for uh, to, from my understanding, the majority of what he does is pitched. Yeah, with uh-huh. the house culture. Yep. I think I have some of his stuff sitting in the cellar. I feel like I need to go raid the cellar and then either have you come up or, yeah. you know, we have you send that. a ha- send a car for drink, me to come down. Even though I yeah. don't see you anymore, I still yeah. drink. That's uh, I'm told. <laughs> famously, did it last night. Um, <laughs> had a boy. God damn it. Drip is trouble. Anyway, so let's get back to this. Now, obviously, Shameless. the thing is, you say you're actually friendly enough with the Coors family that you sat down with them, so you're going to have a different Gone to story. hockey games with them. But, mo- but most of, most of what I know about games. people that come from the, those worlds that enjoy their job, there's no ill will or whatever. And I'm not looking for that. I don't care. Let's get into the but, drama. But at some point, <laughs> you left to open a very small, there's no way it makes money, mixed culture <laughs> brewery. So either they paid you so well in your first twenty years, or you know what I mean. So, so was it was this always the plan? You were just learning and going to do this, or did doing that at course teach you this is all you wanted to do? Like, how does that step happen? Talk about breaking out in a Casey and, yeah, and how that's going. The uh, it was never the plan. So my dad had uh, he worked his entire career with um, large light like light lager brewers. So he spent uh, years at 
Anheuser-Busch with Stroh's, uh, and then he spent- Stroh's? Yeah, Stroh's, yeah. I fucking love Stroh's. Yeah. Stroh's my one. I couldn't tell you. I don't know anything about Stroh's it. Stroh's my one. It's I Fire like, Brood. Yeah, Fire, fire Brood. Fire brood. And I, I have a dog named Alex. My dad used to talk to my dad. <laughs> the, uh, but I grew up in, um, in Detroit until they closed in uh, 1999, and then we moved to Colorado, and my dad spent 15 years uh, with Coors. So I fell in love with brewing when I was 21, 20 years old when I was a tour guide. It's okay if you tell the truth. I am telling no, the Nobody's truth. carding you I on the show. I was eight and a half years no, old. No, I guess I, guess I, was I was four years tanks. old when yeah. I stole my first Stroh's from Alex. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, in Detroit, yeah. No, I was. I did nothing in Detroit. But uh, Colorado, a little bit different. But the uh, um, – so I was a tour guide at Coors. I, the previous couple summers before that, I was working, uh, like, cutting grass in um, uh, a Denver suburb. And my dad was like, hey, I could get you a job. Uh, as a tour guide, and I was like, that sounds way more fun than cutting grass, you know, getting to work with some co-eds. Like, that sounds a lot better. And so uh, I started that job, and then uh, doing that, I was uh, I had already been working, um, doing my undergrad uh, with chemistry, not knowing what I wanted to do with that. And so when I was 21, uh, 20 years old, I realized I could become, use the science to become a brewing science uh, scientist like my dad. And so... I uh, turned 21 and I got a job with a local brewery, Bristol Brewing Company in Colorado Springs. Uh, brewing with them, I made $8 an hour in beer credit for that first, that was my first job. And uh, Wait, explain that yeah, to me. Yeah, $8 an hour in beer credit? Yeah, so, so I basically just, buy is this one, scratchy box? So you could like, buy one that? third of another half four pack every hour Well, I would just save up. Every I would, hour you I worked. would save up my punch card, <laughs> and I would buy a keg. And then <laughs> I would, we'd have a party, and I'd sell cups. See, and you're going to be a good brewery yeah. manager. This is why I'm a shitty brewery manager. Yeah. I immediately divided the four pack down <laughs> to eight in eighths, so a third. Never thought that there's value in buying the keg. I should fuck. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is why I'm not a businessman. But I didn't do the math <laughs> on like how much a cup. Like how much in. do I make from what? a cup? I was twelve years in. I'm I learning the math. Probably was like you know buying a keg for hundred bucks or something, and I was selling like sixty dollars worth of keg, like cups and thinking like I'm rich. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> Look at me. Like, but I think, you know you're young. And I dumb like it. And so yeah, the, uh, anyway, so I, that's how I that's how I started, and I start. So I went to grad school. I worked for Anheuser Busch for uh, so about a year. UC Davis was the grad school. Yeah, okay. yep. And I and then <laughs> I uh, wanted to come, move back to Colorado, and I was fortunate enough to get a position at Coors right before they did the JV. And I was working there, and I, that's what I thought I would be. I thought I would be a company man like my dad was, and um, have a career with the big brewers. Like I was, I was happy with that. But as my passions became into the actual like crafting of the recipes and like making not necessarily brands, but making just good beer. Um, you know, and, uh, at the time, it's, di it's a lot different now, but at the time, um, there was the, there was this push, uh, there was this push and uh, there was this internal war between the Miller culture and the Coors culture. And it didn't look, you know, we had, uh, we had a guy that had come in to kind of manage some of the small batch brewing. I think, I believe he came from um, Sierra Nevada and he gave me some hope that there would be some potential to grow these like craft style you know you have to call it say craft style but like sure. craft style brands right. and, from the big I breweries and so yeah. I was excited about that but then I remember with my dad we were at a meeting one day and, and he said he was leaving and it was kind of just like took the wind out of the sails like man I don't think this is what you know is going to happen and so yeah. but that's just a business and they would they did what was best for them and I there's that totally makes sense but on the other side of the story is that my wife current wife at the time girlfriend now 
Wait. Girlfriend then. I was going to say, <laughs> bro. <laughs> All right. I mean, I know that's you millennials are, are different than us Gen Xers, but that's out of order. <laughs> yeah, it is. Maybe, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, uh, but anyway, so girlfriend are at the time. This is when. Now. This is when. Yeah, this is why you this never is when put the hazy on double Sunday IPA I get the email the being like, you know, if you could just edit that yeah. part yeah. out. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would like, be really uh, great. I won't make yeah. the dumb jokes. I like the dumb jokes. But this is why you don't put hazy IPAs right behind something that makes you so thirsty. You get thirsty, you throw hazy IPA, and you take a couple sips, and then the night's off to a rare right, start. Well, yeah. we're, we're jumping on to beer, <laughs> too. But no, but, be excited but no, for yeah. the next beer. That's right. And, uh, <laughs> the, uh, so anyway, um, she, my wife, uh, current wife, had obviously... <laughs> <laughs> only one. <laughs> we can edit that out. Love you. Love you. We don't okay. edit. We yeah, can't no, edit. Sorry, you'll, you'll, there's you'll no, there's no button. Yeah. Um, the only thing we can do is put a siren over that. <laughs> like the only skill life. we have is we can throw a police siren my over that. My mom calls yeah. my dad as fir- her first husband. It's pretty <laughs> funny. I like that. Because like my that. grandma Been had married three. married for 50 years. Kind three, of yeah, exactly. Yeah, had, yeah. Three, uh, had three husbands, all World War II vets. So that's why it's. A uh, funny joke in our family. And woo! so it, the joke <laughs> will land with my wife when humor. she hears this. <laughs> anyway, my, my, my now wife. wife. Yes. Your wife. Yes, who was then your girlfriend. <laughs> then girlfriend. She had moved up to uh, Basalt, the Roaring Fork Valley, to open up a new Whole Foods. So she got a great promotion, great job opportunity to, co- to move up there. This is like the most Colorado story ever, by the way. <laughs> yeah, good. Keep going. She drove <laughs> her Subaru. That's right. Here, she, literally, <laughs> she drove his Subaru. No, she She's had an old Forerunner, even better. <laughs> old Forerunner. After and we left the, the REI uh, outlet, we the, went to, uh, yeah. the, the, the stuff inside that she brought up was worth more than the, than the car. So that's like, that's, sure. a, that's yeah. a legit Colorado uh, <laughs> stereotype. And um, so she moved up there sight unseen to take this great job opportunity. We thought it might be like a stepping stone for her career to move back to the front range. But at the time, wasn't super happy. We saw some cool demand for um, the products that we were making that, that Coors at the time wasn't necessarily uh, pumped about. We saw, I, I saw some opportunity to start something ourselves. Uh, and so we did that. So we, I moved back in with my parents. Um, we saved up some money, got a little bit of loans, wrote up a business plan. I took business class, like business classes in Denver, uh, and then made the jump in uh, November 2013. Can I, can I ask though? Your so dad wait, is a company. A decade man, later, you're opening a new spot, right? A second spot. We have two spots right now, yeah. but yeah. But your dad is a company man for a long time, and you can bring in people from Sierra. I mean, obviously, those larger breweries were not unaccustomed to what was happening on this on the smaller scale, but. What was your dad's reaction of like, okay, like this has been the family company, this has been the family business for a long time. I'm going to go and now be. Well, keep in mind when you when you ask that question, his dad went from a brewery that went away through. I yeah, you know what I mean. But like, still, Stroh's was that's re- large and I, yeah, still and love Stroh's. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that's that's a person that isn't a 45 year silver understand. watch from course. Yeah, Yeah. Somebody who worked for large established breweries. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll rephrase to yeah, you know, ma- yeah. You know, uh, he was more he a journeyman. Nothing but yeah. excited. Nothing but happy. Um, you know, uh, <clears throat> I mean, he put his money where his mouth was with a loan, and um, and I think, like, I think the older you get, the more you realize that noth- there's nothing is certain. Sure. Right. Yeah. Like, there's no no jobs, no career is certain, and so it's you got to do what you got to do and. Um, there's definitely some freedom when you can do it yourself that you might like some a little bit more control that you can do when you do something yourself as opposed to working for a different company. Both are incredibly challenging. Everything's hard. And uh, but but he was nothing but supportive. He was there the first uh, days we brewed. He was there the day we were bottling. My both my parents were. Uh, That's awesome. So yeah, he's been nothing but uh, incredibly supportive, and it's been really fun to 
you know, my dad who spent his whole career um, trying to make the arguably one of the, you know, American light lager, which could be on one spectrum of the entire brewing uh, styles <laughs> yeah. to, to the exact opposite spectrum. Yeah, it's definitely which, midnight and six. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for sure. And so, no, he's been nothing but supportive. And, and now that we're making um, Pilsner and some IPAs and stuff like that. Uh, he has you know, some thoughts. He's, he's, lo- he's loving it for yeah. sure. Like so, yeah, that's, that's actually our So one of the jokes I like to make, sadly, my dad passed before I opened Carton. I'm sorry to hear but, that. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's how life goes. Um, but he, you know, I've shown it on the show before. I'm not going to rehash it. But he was part of the thanked group at the beginning of the Great American Beer Book from 1982 as the guy who led the tastings. Like, and the joke I used to make was the only sad part about opening my brewery was that my dad never got to sit down and tell me everything I was doing wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, my dad and I had that relationship. Good time, you know, giving each other shit our whole life. Loved wine. I'm way better tasting wine than he ever was. And fuck him. a boy. You know. Wow. But I swear, there's a couch in our wow. tasting room that I I can just envision my father and be like, why the fuck would you do this to this beer? You know what I mean? Yeah. Is there any of that? Do you get that? Does he talk about what? I'll get it. That's an empty cup running away. I got it. So this, yeah. But does, does he give you any of that gr- grief? No, he doesn't. Um, the uh, it, And it's hard to, it's hard, uh, you know, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to say why. Because I don't, uh, because I think, um May I ask how 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 long have you been in the brewing industry? Is that may I ask? so? I'm yeah, so, I, we twelve years. Okay, twelve years. Yeah. So I think um, that uh, I think he's so far removed from he having spent a, an entire career in the brewing world. He likes to drink to relax and not like right. like think about. Sure. And so if if he's like me, um, I think he's not gonna. You know, he's got so many of his own worries and like like we all do. That he's not gonna want to bring that stress or, um, or even th- like f- like worry enough about the liquid itself, to to like to even go go that way in his That's head. That's fair. Yeah, I'm sure he might. Um, I'm sure he might have those thoughts, but it's not something that needs to be vocalized, right? Just like we all do. We're at a friend's place. Are you guys not Irish? We are Irish. Yeah, yeah. So. I think you're doing it wrong. <laughs> no, that's way too I, loving I, I don't and fully sweet understand. and coddling. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, we're married, you know, we're, we're several generations removed, so maybe that's what it is. But the uh, um, but uh, the uh, but I think that's where it would where it might come from is that it's just when we're drinking together, um, or you know, you give like you give sometimes you give a beer to somebody you want them to be incredible, like rip it apart. Sometimes you want to give somebody like like my dad. I would like. I just want you to be proud. Right. Yeah. Like I don't need you to say like it's too hoppy or it's too bitter. And to be honest, uh, I would tell this to his face. That's not. That's not never what he was about. He was about how do you make the same beer taste the same no matter where it's brewed. Sure. He was not a recipe guy. He was like, how do you get the VDK levels to be consistent in this like spec? And so you know that's not going to change. He was. He was critical of me in, in different aspects of life in a great, loving way, but it, but not so much in at this stage of his sure. life. And yeah. he understands Fair that enough. this is your like, yeah, like your so, name's on the building, his yeah. name too, but it, yeah, yeah, your name's on the say, building, yeah. So I ask same. him all the time about like, Dad, I've got a problem with bottle conditioning yeast. Like this yeast, I had a batch that didn't ferment, like, and so we'll go, we'll we'll na- we'll like walk down the line of like why that could have happened, right. but and so like he'll That's be critical awesome. of that aspect, yeah. but not necessarily. But I don't like QA the way it tastes. QC, He's no, just right? yeah, exactly, yeah. and that's that's what his role was, and so um, yeah, so it's nice good. to have that. That's yeah, yeah. That's absolutely. But how does he feel about doing it without all the money, right? So so one of the funniest <laughs> things, one of the funniest things when we were talking about, like I said, 
the person you are in my head after that speech about the you know the sneaky guys making peach sours inside Coors. You know, especially back then, I think we've all got a little more comfortable with controlling our bugs. You know what I mean? But yeah. a dozen years ago, the idea of putting, you know, sour ferment in a clean brewery was insane. And then the idea of putting any sour ferment in what has to be the cleanest brewery in the fucking world or everything's going wrong seemed insane. And then I was like, but to be fair, I'm sure they have a button that like CIPs the whole fucking <laughs> building if, ever, if something goes really wrong. You know what I mean? It's the so, foam from demolition. So for him, when you're, when you're like, how do you fix it? It's like, oh, it's easy. You buy a $73 million piece of equipment from Germany. They helicopter it in, plant it here, and everything cleans right up, son. So <laughs> the, uh, a, a cool story that my dad told me was one of the when he when uh, he found out that Stroh's was shutting down, he had um, an opportunity to work for Anheuser-Busch or Coors. And I think he actually accepted a job with Anheuser-Busch um, but then reneged when he was able to get a position with Coors. But the reason he took, wanted to go to Coors was not only to live in Colorado, but he wanted to, um, he knew there was more opportunity for him there. Because at the time, in the, in the late 90s, uh, Stroh's called up Coors, and I don't know how this all worked, but they called up Coors because they were test, everybody tests each other's products, right? And so they were pouring Coors Light, and they could cut it with a knife. It was so thick with a pediococcus infection. Really? Holy and, shit. And so there was, every brewery has quality issues, like even the biggest breweries in the world. And so all that matters is if you can fix them and move on, right? And so at the time, I, they called up like, hey, guys, like, do you know you have this issue? And they were like, yeah, we know. And it turned out to be an issue with their CO2. Yeah. Thanks for calling. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? That's respectable, <laughs> no, right? No, it really like, is. Like yeah. even but before the craft but still, all right, Jimmy, I'll see you on the golf course right? next it wasn't week. Like, it wasn't like, hey, about this. F you, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know you got a problem. Blah, blah, blah. It Which was is like, fascinating, hey, though, because there are craft brewers that will not call their neighbor down the street to be like, sure. hey, you know you have this diacinal infection. So, yeah. like, it's, it's a good reminder that... Yeah, you know, I mean, maybe you're calling. Pe- yeah, you're calling people. But that's but why like, Stroh's. You want to make you, you want to nice lose all your friends maybe. and neighbors <laughs> in the craft brewing industry? Mention their diacetyl to them. Okay. <laughs> and that's, I'm not here for friends. I'm here to diacetyl. drink diacetyl-free beer. Sometimes you got to borrow Citra, buddy. Yeah. Diacetyl <laughs> is such. Speaking of diacetyl, it's such a. It's such a personal off flavor because, people think they can taste it sometimes, and they just analytically can't, or they can't in a certain beer yeah. style. So I'm one of those people yeah. who. I could taste it in had anything. To no, learn to, but I had to learn to find it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like, so I have a very low. It's I the mouthfeel kind of thing. Though. Yeah, I have a very low threshold for diacetyl. I just know it. Like, it's, I mean, it's just who I am. And my first brewing partner, Jesse, was super, super sensitive to it. So when we opened, I was, you know, I mean, I just left that to his sensory because he nailed it. I am, you know, on the rest. But at some point, do you remember that phase of um, hop creep? Yeah. So guys that were dirty canning quickly and you'd end up with that. I started being like, what the fuck is going on here? And enough people I know with good pals were like, well, that's diacetyl. And I was like, well, this I can feel. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I still don't smell butter. It's the one that smells like butter. Right? Yep, Everything yep, smells yep. like popcorn butter. I don't get that so much. It's and it to be fair, I fucking love the way butter smells. So I would never consider that an off thing. But BDK but is sorry. All of a sudden, I'd be like, this beer. And they'd be like, that's diacetyl. But VDK uh, is a combination of two different chemicals. One of them is diacetyl. Okay. If I remember correctly from that brewing presentation I gave 13 years ago, <laughs> ale yeast <laughs> create a ratio of diacetyl to the pentane dione from a 2 to 1 ratio, and lager yeast create it from a 4 to 1 ratio. Right. When you have pediococcus or different other uh, different um, 
yeast or bacteria that create diacetyl, it's, it's at a much higher ratio, like 20 or 40 to 1. Kay. So all of those are going to create the flavor of VDK in a different way. So it's not always going to just be consistently right, butter. The same thing every yeah. time. And like, you, like John was saying, it's also mouthfeel, too. That's sure. So that's what yeah. I had to learn. Yeah. Was that and that sensation was that. So I still Over yeah. the years, we've picked and it up. And I like what you yeah. just said, because it might be why I don't smell butter on some of these, yeah. but feel it. But anyway, so get back to the end of the story. What was the fix? What did they do? What did they do? I'm sure they cleaned their lines. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just like any brewer, you figure out where the problem is and you, you go and fix it. But yeah. um, And Pete, Pete Coors was notorious for finding the sole employee responsible and then executing them in the courtyard in front of everybody. No, I'm, not real gonna be, I'm not going to be mean to the Coors family, but I have a new <laughs> podcast in my life called The Dollop. Okay. Somebody threw a American – it's an American history podcast. They're talking about – Family cores, and this is a long saga with some weird. We don't need to talk it. about the Coors family right now. That's fine. <laughs> I'm we just telling you. I'm not going to talk about the Leiden Kugel family. We don't need to talk about somebody shared a podcast yeah. with me called The Dollop, and they right. have an episode called Coors. And I was can like, we, can "Wow, we that's talk an old family." Before I finish it, yeah, it's a, it's a great uh, family. They employ a lot of hardworking <laughs> Americans. I'm a huge fan of that. Yeah, we're not. We've never met anybody that wasn't. I know you weren't. Wait, you can't reveal it yet. You can't reveal it. Don't talk about it. Don't reveal it. Um Pine it's a good one, though. Pine needles, citrus. It's a good uh, one, though, right? The, the mouthfeel's a little bit weird on it where it starts off a little bit syrupy, a little bit juicy, like uh, like nectary, and then it finishes kind of watery. There's, there's a weird... I just assume there was some lactose in it. I wouldn't... Right? I wasn't It's all that, that tropical fruit theol bomb stuff, like a pro-theol yeast was used or something. The tropicalness um, is not coming through as much as orange... Sweet orange yeah, pulp, like, and no, but I've got like candied, and just a lot of pine, like a lot of just pine needle tea. I don't. This is where yeah, I'm no. getting. It's you know, it's a little peachy too. Like I said, it it tastes like um, it's fun. I dig tastes it. Tastes like I drank the whole thing. Uh, what's it called? Fruit cup from a diner, right? Diner With fruit one cup. red cherry in it. Yeah, diner fruit cup. I get the sweetness. I like the yeah. some bubblegum aspect to it. Have you had this yeah. before? I have not. So what's it doing for you? Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. Sweet. Um, low bitter, super sweet, and apparently yeah. I don't like my bottom lip anymore. <laughs> <laughs> New uh, low bitterness, just incredible, like rich, like yeah, fresh. Yeah, yeah, tasty. No, I dig um, it. But yeah, it's 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 a little low on the scallion that I like in these beers. Scallion, what's that? You know how it's so green onion. These super hazies. You like that? So I do, I do. It's it's. I think Citra throws it more than the others. Sure. Um. But when they when they stress citra in a dry hop, and the final gravity is around three instead of five, I get. Yeah, I think, you know, five finishing Play-Doh hides that scallion-y part of the greenness, and I just learn to love it. So some brewers, I'll leave them out, but I remember somebody giving me an all Amarillo beer like five years ago. It's like, how the fuck did you make this one taste like scallions? <laughs> so some That's brewer, hop selection. That's hundred percent hop selection, right? Yeah, so yeah but some brewers yeah. clearly like it. But I like or they just know they had they got they call up a hop supplier they buy Amarillo, and they yeah. get whatever's left over and like they that's yeah. all they have and they think that's going to be like their next door neighbors who but go but to what I mean is these same people when they use Citra and they're definitely yeah. doing their cuts got it they got clearly it. have a predisposition to it got it and I found out so at the beginning it was one of those things I kind of drank through like I'd be like oh I get scallion on this one and then that was off putting for a while and then I started to embrace it as because as these things push sweeter. And more fruity. I need the that vegetation somewhere there. I know John's saying he's getting a lot of pine on it. Yeah. I'm not getting a lot of pine on this one. 
but I still need it to be anchored. You know what I mean? So, all right. So let's talk about this being a Colorado guy. As um, as weeds became legal more and more, and people started breeding them more and more. Did you just call them weeds? Weeds. Okay. Different yeah. various weeds. Weeds. So I've got Multiple weeds in my garden. Strings. What do you nice. think? What are we talking about? What kind so of what you got to do is you got to rip them out of the ground. You got to smack them between you your hands, get, and you then you got to put them in there. You can't get rid of weeds. Unless you spray a chemical, I'm, I'm just going to tell you right now. I've tried. Can't handful weeds. Can't handful weeds. Is anyway. That, is that the future of beer is chemicals anyway, in it? As the strain started moving, we got a new IPA. Hops. It's called Roundup. And we started chasing all this weird stuff. But to move citrus to tropical, I think just a higher finishing gravity is the, the missing step, right? Huh. It, you know what I mean? Like, we used to shoot for under two. Now we tolerate around four. I've got friends putting out beer at eight. Yeah. Right. But that the difference between four and eight, same hop schedule is. So I kind of came back around to liking that, that little bit of herbalness that you know how it used to smell like. But what's the, what's the correlation to, to marijuana? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So yeah. It, the, so the ones that really I fell in love with at the beginning, flower power, ninety nugget nectar. Wow. These are all people fucking around with Cascade. And I used to get flower power in trades. Like yeah. yeah. I fu- oh, when, when Chief was making flower yeah. power, it's it's the reason Jeff, I make right? boat beer. Jeff O'Neill. Yeah. Jeff O'Neill. But the yeah, reason I make boat Jeff. beer is because of how much trouble I was getting in drinking flower power. Yeah. Like, I would just drink 10 of them and couldn't stand. <laughs> but, um, and I loved it. I didn't yeah. want to stop. I loved the way it smelled. I didn't like want to stand. Yeah. I, well, I wanted to stand. I just wanted to be able to drink. 20 beers uh but anyway so what i'm saying is those all had that it's cool it's kind of piney smells like weed and then it'd be like you know like the the cooler newer weed strains that were coming out like some citrus and some you know now it's fucking birthday cake or whatever <laughs> but um but yeah <laughs> but that move to me got easier the higher we would tolerate residual sugar okay. in a beer you know what i mean so i like I like the greens to remind me of those weed roots of the flavors I loved in those beers. Because without them, we've just gone all the way to fruit. And I, I need some. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. And I'm not the expert at that at all because we've only been making IPAs for a few years now. And so I haven't spent nearly as much time thinking about the IPAs and, like, Final Gravity and all that. I like drinkability. And so I'm usually one to try to have a, a drier finish. But with that becomes um, a problem with uh your bitterness obviously if your residual hops and yeast that are in in the in the beer if you're making a hazy ipa that's unfiltered or yeah. um, not centrifuged and so there's issues with that as well and sometimes like yeah you were like i wish this finished a little bit higher but then also s- the body can come from the alcohol content right i'm sure you know a lot about yeah. Yeah. like how the alcohol content plays in with the residual sweetness m- much more so than i would so Absolutely. And and they're all the factors. But what I'm saying is at everything we're discussing. Right. So at eight percent at. So the the thing I like to say, and I would have these guys would have to confirm it for me. But the three big makers of hazies in my part of the world are Treehouse, Trillium and other half. And I honestly believe which of those you prefer, because I believe they're of a type. You know, what I mean, they're all good at what they do. They all make the right beers. You see their cans. You can depend on them. Is how much you like sugar. I think Treehouse finishes way higher. Trillium's in the middle, and other halves at the bottom. Is that right? Right. I think that's just. I think Sam likes four or that's five. That's cool. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't you know, know that. Yeah. Well, uh, it's my area, right? Yeah, so yeah, those yeah, are the yeah, three yeah, best. Sure. But I always, I always register a lot more sugar one. And you're right. 
but what I'm saying is what makes those three the best at it, in my opinion, versus everybody else who's like, oh, well, that's easy. I'll just get Conan, finish it, six, and da-da-da-da-da, is as they're scheduling their hops, especially JC. JC analyzes fucking every minute of every beer. There's always the awareness that it's supposed to taste like hops that taste like fruit, not like fruit. You know what I mean? And I think that's why they benefit because there's some awareness of all right at eight at eight percent final gravity you know all the brewers crystals in the world if we don't throw something big at 10 minutes or something just to remind it it's a beer it'll just be you know what i mean that's what i think's going on yeah. I haven't, you know what i mean or at least when i'm writing my recipes those are what i'm thinking about Got it yeah but yeah alcohol is the big key that's but so you you can fake that these days with protein, right? You can just put a ton of flavor. Can you dose. really? Because like we 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 make a, a hazy a hazy pale ale called Doc Holliday's, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Doc, you get it. Yeah, and uh, I get it. Yeah. I get it. I'm here. I'm here. Present. <laughs> and, uh, Present. And, and it's it, but it's always lacking. It's always lacking something that the other like an IPA or a double IPA. I'm gonna give you a trick. Yeah, Ready? please I'll, do. I'll share my trick with you. Oh. So. Kolsch. Um, if you want to be smaller, I think you can compensate for So keep your hop schedule exactly the same, right? Whatever you want to do to an 8% beer, keep that. Then swap in some wheat, like real wheat, and then some flaked oats and wheat to body it up a little, give it some protein presence. And then don't pitch Juice Machine or, or Conan or whatever because then you're losing the integrity of the water that makes it acceptable down below five or down below six. You know what I mean? Like that's what Chico was so good at was the water stayed. And I think Kolsch walks that line where if you let it ferment a little warm, it's a little fruity, but still it's a, you know what I mean? Kolsch is a yeast all about showing off the water and that just gives it, you're never going to make up for the warmth of the alcohol, but you can make up for the body plus the definition that lets that slide. Oh, cool. And that's, you know, I mean, that's what we, that's, I now call those New Jersey IPAs because that's what makes Boat Boat. And when we make Northeast IPAs, it's all L3. Nice. But every now and then I'm like, just put Kolsch in that one, please, because I like it better. <laughs> so using the Kolsch yeast strain? Kolsch, yeah, just yeah. straight up uh, nice. Y yeast Kolsch. It's awesome. let it ferment a little warm, right? You're not making a Kolsch, yeah. but it's an L yeast that's meant to show water nice. right yeah. so it i just i love it who awesome. else somebody on the show from california said they were doing that and it was like they'd stolen my trade secret i thought it was the only guy in the world that did i was like wait you use culture for your hazies like yeah i was like you're a fucking genius i love you <laughs> so you're making new new jersey new yep. new jersey, new new jersey. All right. we yeah, gotta do the reveal what it is. and then we gotta why do we gotta just is our next guy here yeah, we can sit we here yeah. all right so this is Introspection by tripping animals oh, down in my, here in Miami. Guys. We know those guys. We know those guys. Introspection. That makes sense. A collaboration with their amigos from Short Throw Brewing Company. Short Throw? Yeah. So it's a triple IPA. So this is 10%. And so, like, nice. uh, yeah. Canned in January, canned less than a month ago. Right here. And they wrote down. that on the label? I would write that on all my labels. They've Canada got, uh, they've got a on January 19th. A jet. They've got a jet, an uh, inkjet for all their cans. They're yeah. all canned on. They're, uh, uh, yeah. I was just saying this morning. 
brewing, uh, hanging out with those guys. Yeah. So let's get back to Casey. Yeah, please do. Giving all the right people the right things. Um, so you are known as, um, you know, you're obviously known for your sours and your gooseries. You say you're making IPAs. Um, two places. Are you doing both in both places? Are you separating the two jobs? Talk about the process. Are you bottling sours and canning IPAs? Like, what's the game? We have one production facility, which has a tap room that we open weekly in the summer, and then we host special events during the year. Okay. And then in downtown Glenwood Springs, we have uh, a tap room that's open uh, year-round. Um, no production occurs there. And so that's just our, like our standard tasting room. And uh, But we're doing all of our production of both all of our sours, our, and then all of our non-sour beers all in the same under the same roof. That's awesome. Nice. It's worth going out to Colorado just for. Well, dude, thank you. I, I mean, there's a lot of as reasons much to go as to I Colorado, love you saying that. Just so you know, he and I go to Colorado quite often. Yeah. We haven't made it past Ashley in three years. No, yeah. it's, it's like uh, we used yeah, to go on tours. It. I used to get Uber bills from Colorado in the thousands of dollars because we're like, we got to go here. Now we got to go here. Gotta yeah. Go. Now it's like if, oh, if beer stop if becomes the us, first stop, we'll be I just a beer can't. stop. <laughs> no, I get it yeah. for sure. That's my, that's one of my first stops is beer. Somebody stop told always, me there's yeah. a place I want to go to that I could walk across the street to from beer stop, and I'm still not sure I'm going to make it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I there's a it. hill out of that parking lot, and after a couple of it's, so it's yeah, hard. we should we should finish up on that because that's what I'm super interested in. Um, we, you were saying so at one point you were working with a guy at Coors that came from Sierra. Um, are they like? Is, does that interaction happen around Colorado? Because there's a brewery everywhere. There's all levels of brewery. Like, if you needed help, do you see resumes out of cores? When when you lose people, do you lose them to? Uh, who's the other? Who's the really big? Who's Fort? Who's Fat Tire? New Belgium. New Belgium. Like that half the distance between you and cores would be New Belgium, right? So, is there like a give and take? for people and talent all there is it how's that work um i think there would be in more in the front range uh which would be considered for uh fort collins to denver to colorado springs would be okay. considered the front range colorado we're about two and a half hours west of that yeah and so we're not necessarily we don't have the same talent pool right. that the front and range nobody's does driving two and a half hours to work yeah um i mean where we live people drive an hour uh that to, to up to aspen not for brewing by any means but like to work in aspen which is the biggest uh um, area of employment in our valley prob arguably people are driving a long ways to get to there but for us from a brewing standpoint we have to be a lot more intentional with our employment and so yeah. the majority of our um, employees we kind of brought in having uh, little to no experience and so um, we train them uh, we train them up and then get them to the point where we can uh, you know pay them a living wage to to live in a, in a pretty expensive place to live and so um, with benefits and, and then all of those things like That's that. Perfect. And so, so cool. uh, but w as a point, like, uh, you know, we just, we don't have a lot of that same, um, t we, we can't, uh, we don't, we know we don't have the turnover and we don't have the opportunity for turnover, um, that maybe a brewery in the front range might have. Right. And so, yeah, we, we, uh, we treat our, all of our employees like family. We try to do everything we can for them. Well, half of them are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right, last. Are you on the wine list at Little Now? We are not at the Little Now. We are at the uh, Hotel Jerome, okay. and we are at the Aspen Public House. Nice. Yeah, we can't. Those guys have been uh, going through so much of our Pilsner and double IPAs, uh, both accounts. Uh, we just put in two new 15-barrel tanks to just, just to keep, just up. To keep cool. up with them. Yeah, and Aspen does good. a good job 
of being a year-round place, right? It's not just skiing. There's always something going on there. Summers are really popular too, but um, but they do have off seasons. Uh, the, the that mountain does have off seasons in the sense of uh, um, the uh, but the, I imagine the food mud and seasons. Wine would draw people to you. That's like the start yeah. of summer. Yeah. And food and wine, which is in June, and then uh, but between. Um, a little bit after Labor Day, and then come Thanksgiving, it's pretty de- like parts of that are pretty dead. A lot of places just shut down for two or three weeks, okay. and then the same in the off season. Once the lifts shut down, before food and wine, it's pretty it's pretty dead up there. How's that affect? Is that when you get all your barrel? We t- all your barrels taken care of. You're like, all right, guys, slow down. No nah, local <laughs> Hit the brakes. Local distribution. Fill the fifteens, and we're tasting barrels for the next six weeks. No, local, <laughs> lo- we're not. Like we're so, we're, so, we're I mean, we're like a global. Like we sell we sell beer all, all over the world now, and so um, just a little bit, you know, here and there. And so we're just, like we're not affected by the seasonality of, right of different places. Yeah. And we can always if we have the, the product, we can always shift where we're offering it to if uh you know we've we do monthly dr- drops into the denver front range area and so we've rarely ever been able to um, fulfill all the demand that we have in one of those That's drops awesome. so we can just move it around we're Perfect so prom. we're Good so job, small. man. Yeah, i love I mean, that i'm still doing the d- deliveries and uh, <laughs> often and, like it's we're you know we're tiny like it's it my, i'll drop my son off on a saturday morning at ski school in snow mass and then i'll drive up to aspen to drop off eight kegs like right. we're we're tiny still it's not we're, it. we're small it's making sure. you happy. That's, we, that's the big thing these days. Sure. A lot of us are getting pretty miserable. Yeah. Yeah. Stay happy, dude. I get it. Um, see what we can do. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, so I guess we should let this yeah. go. We have somebody else coming. We don't have Kennedy. We don't have Cass, obviously. Well, uh, you're going to do your Cass. Yeah, right? but strap in, kids, because we are here for basically the next two months. So yeah, I guess we are. Uh, right. This is, is going to be a big thing. Uh, that if damn you triple like to, from Tripping Daisies made my tongue fat, if, man. If I, was, I was cruising along with conversation through that yeah. sour. Tripping animals. tripping animals. And then what's Tripping Daisies? Is that something? We were talking. You were talking about. What, we were talking about Jeff O'Neill's uh, old yeah, beer, right? Yeah. That was Daisy something. Right? No, that uh, Daisy, Daisy Cutter. Cutter is, that's Daisy Cutter. Chicago. Right? Yeah. Uh, if you would like to help offset some of our hotel bills, please go to <laughs> Patreon.com/slash. Like Jay beer. Wakefield's a pimp. Uh, <laughs> Jay Wakefield is saying, "Hey, there's a hotel around the corner from my brewery where it's twenty bucks a pint up at the up at the pool bar." And uh, yikes, he do, he's not drinking here. No. He's not. He's not hanging out here. He's he's at the reasonable places. But but we're well, here for you, thieves. Brew, right? uh, email us questions, comments, concerns, etc. Go to uh, stealthispeerpodcast at gmail Social media at stealthispeer at all of the various things. And yeah, say your thing. Thanks. Thanks oh. for being here. By thank the you way. guys so thank much you. for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks, boys. Dude, seriously, yeah, super you. good to see you. It's nice to sit sure. down and not be in a room, a smoky room full of stories and peach smoky beers. Smoky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just that's how I envision the rooms. Man. Sure. Yeah. All those rooms. All those. Anytime there's a thousand people right. in a room, I see yeah. smoke. The the t- the tobacco <laughs> habit at Whatever the Marriott City Center in, in San Francisco. Whatever is definitely, it is, dude, yeah. they definitely smoke. All right, y'all, get at us.